Hey everyone, Christy McClellan here, and I want to invite you to a brand new event from Lifeway Women called Feast. At this event, you'll be invited to feast on God's Word by studying the Bible in its historical, cultural context. We're going to get to know the Bible in its world, in its native habitat, text, and context. You'll experience teaching, worship led by my 25-year friend, Laura Cooksey, and fellowship with other women around the world. Come and learn with me that the living God is better than we ever knew. Visit LifeWay.com slash Feast to learn more. This is the Mark Podcast from LifeWay Women. We're your hosts, Elizabeth Heinemann and Kelly King. Each episode, we'll talk about what God is doing, how He has and is marking each of us. Sometimes that will be through interviews, and sometimes we'll have conversations around the table. We're so glad you've joined us today. excited to invite you to one of our favorite events every year, the Lifeway Women's Leadership Forum. For more than 25 years, we've hosted this event as a space for women like you to gather and sit under training from women's leadership experts. This year, you'll learn from Melissa Kruger, Melissa Spolstra, Alexandra Hoover, Derwin Gray, and Caroline Saunders, plus customize your training with over 20 breakout sessions that meet you wherever you are on your leadership journey. The best part? You'll be doing this alongside like-minded women who are seeking to be equipped for their God-given calling. To learn more and to register, just visit lifeway.com slash forum. Welcome to the Mark Podcast. I am Elizabeth Heinemann, and I'm here with my co-host, Kelly King. Hey, Kelly. Hey, Elizabeth. It's really fun to be back together. We are getting ready to record some podcasts today, and up first is someone that we've had on our list. We we say that a lot, Elizabeth. We're I like, know. We're really, we're really like time. hitting a lot of our bucket list guests recently, are, I feel like. We yes. are. So today we have Melissa Kruger with us. So Melissa, welcome to the Marked Podcast. Hey, to both of you. It's so good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes. Well, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your family and your ministry. Yeah, um, I live here in Charlotte. I'm married to Mike. Um, he's president of Reformed Theological Seminary here in Charlotte. We have three kids. Um, my daughter, I have a 22-year-old, a 19-year-old, and a 16-year-old. So I'm in the middle of teens and college-age kids, which is great. And I work um, as the VP of Discipleship Programming for the Gospel Coalition, um, which means I get to do a lot of really interesting and fun stuff with books and content and conferences and all of those things. Um, And I love what I get to do. So I'm thankful for that. Yeah, that role has just happened within the last year. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. So I was over um, our women's programming and content and things like that before. And now we've just added the events to my bucket, which um, I feel uh, a lot less competent in, to be quite honest. (laughs) So, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm getting there with the, with those. Well, that probably just says that you are a very capable person that has a lot of capacity. Mm -hmm. And so when that happens, it always seems like women leaders get added 
little bit more to their plate. It's like, <laughs> oh, well, she did that so well. Let's let's let her do this one too. So, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it might be a little bit like no one else would do uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, maybe maybe she'll take this on. So, no, I'm really I'm really pleased. It's it's I love our conferences. I love getting to see people in real life. You know, mm-hmm. we do so much online these days. Um and I think COVID taught us all, it's really nice to sit down across from someone. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think part of our online situation um, and maybe some of the online discourse we see that's not so pleasant is perhaps because we don't actually sit down across tables from people in real life enough. So I I do feel passionate about getting people together. So that's a good thing. Well, Mm -hmm. and you're really passionate about helping women just kind of discovering their calling and leadership. And so Talk a little bit about that. Like, how did that become part of just your your own, you know, journey? Yeah, I think um, I, I I can just say what what I really believe is that we are a body and that every part is integral. And so, in some sense, um, wanting other women to lead as well is because I see my insufficiency um, in so many ways. I I worked in the local church as a women's ministry director for about 10 years. And I just realized there's a lot I'm not good at. (laughs) And I could kind of just, I could have just felt like this sense of failure about that. But then when I really read the word and when I'm in the word, it says, oh, you're a body and there are many parts and each part has its, its own function. And actually, my inability is someone's ability to serve in a beautiful way that they're uniquely gifted for. And so I I grew to see my inability or what I couldn't do is just someone else's opportunity. And that was great because they actually love doing, you know, the things that I was terrible at sometimes. Like, I'm like, I don't know how to plan this event. Well, someone else did. And, and, you know, and then what I also saw develop, if we as women think we should be doing everything on our own, um, one, we can't, but we often try to. But when we do it in community, I think we see this beautiful, um, what Paul talked about with the Philippians. He said um, they were partners in gospel ministry with him. I think one of the best things we can see develop as women work together on whatever they're doing in ministry is this beautiful partnership in ministry. Um, And so we need each other and we really are blessed by working with each other. And so that's, that's what I love helping women figure out what they can do and what their giftedness is to serve in their local church, in the larger church. Um, And I feel passionate about that. It's a great, it's a great thing to be able to do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Elizabeth, can I go off script for just a second? Because you know, I love to do this because you said something, Melissa, that reminded me yesterday, we were talking through some new research and some new findings that we were finding about how um, the ministry to women is happening in the local church. And one of the interesting things, and hopefully by the time this comes out, we'll be releasing some of that information, but that women in maybe even ministry circles or, or just work circles in generally, uh, in general, tend to work more collaboratively, mm-hmm. and that's a really good thing. And we were we just had this conversation with some of the guys in the room about that. That's something that even a lot of pastors, a lot of men in ministry could learn from women. Have you seen that, especially in your role at TGC? Yeah, I think we have seen over and over and over the importance of many perspectives on an idea. And so I think um, 
the reality is, I mean, like I work in a complementarian workspace. And what I actually always say is that means both parts are needed because we're mm-hmm. different. Like we both need to be at the table because we have different perspective and different ideas. And I think women really can bring that to the workplace in such a good way. Like just taking a moment to say, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? And realizing as we have more perspectives around an idea, um, Lord willing, it's going to be a better idea than just one person thinking something up and executing on it and going forward. And so I can say one of the biggest blessings in my work is my team. Um, I work closely with a, you know, a friend. I think she's been on the Mark podcast, Courtney Doctor. Yes, um, I think she's been here. Um, she writes for Lifeway as well. And, you know, we have a lot of fun. We were actually boxing today about one, a work project, and then a hairdryer. <laughs> and, you know, I think that that it, it makes it makes um, work just so much fun to get to do. But but also, I know we're bouncing constantly ideas off of each other, and our ideas get to a better place because we're working together. It's better, and, and again, it's just this picture of the body. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I am I vitally need my other members um, as I'm connected to Jesus. You know, and, and you look at all the language in the Bible, it's always when Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus, he's talking about their collective, um, you know, how God has saved us, how he has ransomed us. You know, it's this collectiveness in the body. It's, it's really um, not Lone Ranger Christianity. We, we need one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think what goes alongside that is we need one another, but we also need to be equipped in our own giftings. And so you do a lot of equipping. You equip women, whether that's through training events, like you were saying, writing, discipleship materials, and theological education. So why is it important for women to lean into their own leadership development? Because I know a lot of women may think, I don't lead anybody. I'm not a leader. Like I'm not I'm not a CEO in the workplace or I'm not the pastor right. or the lead. Yeah. So like what what why is it important for every woman to kind of lean into leadership development? Yeah, yeah. I I taught on a passage on Romans 16 once. It was talking about women in the church. Paul in Romans 16, it's one of those, it could be one of those throwaway passages, but you, you start to hear all of the women who are doing these various things in the local church. And Paul knew them by name, which one, I just love that. Like he went, it wasn't just, yeah, the, the women's group was doing something <laughs> in the church. No, he's like calling them out by name, you know, um, and, and talking to them in that way. But one thing I looked up the word leadership and it meant to bring along as to mm. pull someone by the hand. Mm. And I was like, aren't we all doing that in yeah. some way? We're bringing someone along. Um, and, I, and I think that's the basic of discipleship. We're saying, hey, here's what I've learned about Jesus. And I'm going to look back in my life and I'm going to tell you a little bit about what I've learned about Jesus. And I'm going to help bring you along. And so that's going to look different for everyone. We all have different giftiness, but however I'm using my giftedness, I should be calling back to other women behind me saying, hey, here's what I've learned in this. Yeah, if we're both if we're both the elbows, okay, whatever in the body, (laughs) I'm going to call back to to someone else who's a a little um, 
newer in their giftedness and I'm going to say, let me help you out in, in this. And if we were all doing that, that that's basic discipleship. It's just calling back to someone else who's starting their race and saying, let me help you um, grow and learn. And, and this is where I get so big on word-based ministry because whatever your giftedness, whatever Ever you're doing, we have to be connected to the vine, Jesus, through his word. Because he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. So whatever your giftedness is, the first place it begins is at the feet of Jesus. And so that's where we, we start leading is actually on our knees and in our Bibles, <laughs> no matter what our giftedness. And so that's the commonality, I think, that we can tell women, here's where you begin. And then the Lord's going to the Lord's gonna send you off into all these different places and beautiful array of his splendor. Um, but we all begin by being connected vitally to Jesus, um, through abiding. I love that. Mm -hmm. And I love the thought that like different role, different, um, giftings, that's what I was trying to think of different giftings in the body can help each other out. Like, Hey, this is what it looks like to, to use her, to use Melissa's example, like to be an elbow, but then also like, Hey, you're a, pinky finger, let me show you what it looks like to be an elbow and like just kind of Mm -hmm. showing each other what, how to use various giftings, because maybe you have some giftings that you don't realize and until you see someone doing it and you're like, oh, I can maybe do that too. Or I love to plan events. And Mm -hmm. so let me step into that and you can kind of show each other. And I love that definition of leadership of like bringing along someone mm-hmm. else. I do with too. Yeah. I do too. And even just when you, talking, go back to the elbow, but the hand works better because when the elbow's working in right. its giftedness, then the hand can work better too. Yes. So everybody works better when everyone is walking into that, into that mm-hmm. place where God has them, which is so important. And that's one of the reasons we, even at Lifeway, I know you, you help organize training events and equipping events, and that's that's my passion here at Lifeway. That's my, you know my biggest mm-hmm. role here at Lifeway is really how do we equip women in this. But one of the things that we see a lot of times, and I don't know if you see this, Melissa, but sometimes in ministry, women don't ask, they sometimes don't have the financial resources, or they don't know how to ask for the financial resources to come to a conference. So can we talk a little bit about that? Like how can women be an advocate? for, you know, for going to leadership conferences or finding ways to be developed? That's a great question. I'm actually, I'm working on an article for pastors on making sure to include resources in their budget um, for women getting to conferences, because Mm -hmm. often women leaders are doing so much in their local church, and they are leading, and they are pouring out over and over and over again, and they never just get to go to, you know, a lifely conference and just be filled. And it, it matters so much that we have spaces where we can just go into and not have to lead. Um, because, yeah, when you're carrying that weight in the local context, it's just really wonderful to get to go to a training event where you can receive and be built up yourself. And often I think it's really hard for female leaders to do that. Um, and and I what, what I have found from pastors is it is not at any bit that they don't want to do that. They just haven't thought to do that. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. as women, I think we can go in and just say, hey, um, we can just ask the question, mm-hmm. would it be possible for, you know, uh, whatever church we're at, you know, our mm-hmm. church to um, put aside X amount of money this year 
for four women to get to go to some training event for leaders in our church? Could we get that on? Because if we can get it in the budget, then it just allows women from a lot of different seasons to be able to get that training that they desperately need. Um, and I, I really do think if, if you know your church, they're either going to work up probably on a December budget is when they're setting the budget or maybe some some do it in June. So if you can talk to them, maybe either in the fall or the spring and just ask the question, could we get a budget item for this? I think that's one way um, that you could go ahead and proactively be asking, because I found a lot of pastors are desperate. They really want to know how to care for the women in their church, but they just don't know where to start. And I always mm-hmm. say, start with a budget for it. Mm-hmm. Put some yeah. level of budget for your women. Even if you don't hire a woman on staff, you could give your women's ministry team, you know, a coffee budget, even <laughs> just <laughs> something um, so that they can get coffee and with younger women in the church to, to disciple them. Well, like yeah. some sort of expense budget for women um, in your church. So even if you don't have the resource to bring on a full staff member, at least giving your women's leadership team a resource budget would be huge. Yeah, you said a couple of things in that that I think is really something I would like to camp out camp out on. You mentioned as a team, and I think a lot of times, even if a woman comes to a conference and she comes by herself, when she goes back, she's so excited. She's mm-hmm. learned all of this, you know, all these new things. She's ready to implement things, and everybody's just looking at her. Well, good for you. You got to go to a conference. So I do think there is something important about that team dynamic. When you can go with just a few women, if, if you can't bring everybody, just bring you know a few, because that builds that synergy mm-hmm. of excitement, and really it does help you kind of move forward. And then the other thing that one of my trainers. I love, she always says this. She was like, you don't G-E-T unless you A-S-K. And I, we just use that, we use that phrase a lot. And it's like, it doesn't hurt to ask. You're never going to get it if you don't ask for it. And mm-hmm. so I just want to encourage our listeners, if you've considered, you know, going to an event or a conference or something that will help you walk into your calling and be developed, like tr- try to make a case for it mm-hmm. and you know, maybe, maybe even if it's just half the conference a fee, or maybe yeah. they'll pay for your coffee, whatever it is, right, Melissa? I mean, I, those are things that just help move us further along in developing ourselves, for sure. And in church context that I've worked in before, sometimes the money is there. Mm-hmm. It's just not known to everyone that it's there. That's so true. even just asking like, hey, do we have any like development money where I could go to a conference? And that may already be a part of the budget. Mm-hmm. We just haven't like communicated that to everyone involved. So I think that that's another thing is just ask and mm-hmm. see what, what they say. Um, but speaking of women's conferences, we're really excited to have you this fall at the Weed- Women's Leadership Forum. <laughs> I've, I tried to combine those That's words. Right. Women's Leadership Forum in Nashville. And the theme is on God's faithfulness. So how have you seen God's faithfulness in your leadership journey? Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, I have seen his faithfulness just in he has led in ways I could not have imagined in spite of myself. Um, I was a math major 
um, in college <laughs> and I wanted yeah. to teach. I know, I know, I know. And then I was, ever, I wanted, I taught high school math. That's what I went in. I wanted to go into the public school and um, run an FCA there as a teacher. Mm-hmm. And so I had a totally different trajectory for my life. Um, and slowly, here's what I would say I've seen his faithfulness in so much. He uncovered the gifts he wanted me to use. And, and, and it's so beautiful when I think back to it. I was, and, and I, would, I would actually tell anyone this, I was just trusting the Lord to be faithful with these small things. Like, mm-hmm. uh, my goal for the day is to spend time in the Word and prayer. That, that's what I'm going to do. And then, Lord, whatever you want to do with that, you do it. I, I can't think, I mean, truthfully, a lot of those years I had young children. That's all I could focus on. I'm going to be in the Word, and then I'm going to take small steps of faithfulness. But the Lord just uncovered and opened strange doors that I would not have even known to walk through had He not so clearly opened them. And they came from just daily doing small things, if that makes sense. Like starting with my girlfriends, we we weren't thinking that, that we were developing our leadership skills. We just invited every mom at our preschool to an outreach Bible study. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. So when people say, how did you start writing Bible studies? <laughs> um, because I was desperate and these women were, they came. Yeah. Yeah. We invited them all. We didn't know they'd come and they started coming. And these women had never studied the Bible before. So I started writing because I felt like they needed to hear it from my voice. And then people would miss because they were moms. So I started writing follow up emails that described what we learned that week. And so a lot of the journeys um, that the Lord has taken me on has just been him opening doors through small steps of just wanting to know the Lord and wanting to share him with others in whatever context that was. And so I feel like I've just seen his faithfulness so much along the way to direct my paths in in ways that I wouldn't have ever taken this road. I wouldn't have known that this was the road the Lord was going to take me on. Um, and he's, he's revealed, this is what I want. I, I really do feel that Ephesians passage where, you know, it says we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for works, which he prepared in advance for us. Like it was him thinking this, this up, not me. And so that's just where I've seen his faithfulness of you just come abide in me and I, I'm going to bear the fruit in a lot of different ways that you don't even know. You're just going to be surprised by it. And and that's what I can say. The Lord keeps surprising me by what he, he has allowed me to get to do. I feel like your story is a story that we hear over and over again. I was again. just going to say that, Kelly. Really? Yes. Because I do feel like, I, I mean, I, I think about even my own journey. Mm-hmm. I never expected to do what I'm doing now. No, I didn't even know this was a thing, really wasn't something I pursued. But, you know, just getting out of college and discipling women and having a group in my apartment uh, and opening God's Word and digging into God's Word each week, mm-hmm. that just led to one step to the next step. And you just see God's faithful faithfulness in that of yeah, his plan is so much bigger than what I think I ever even thought about. So I, I love that that's a yeah. story for a lot of people. I, I feel like every time we ask about God's faithfulness in particular, yeah. it takes on this kind of story of like, 
well, I never expected this, but this is, you know, I was just taking the next step and the next step. And so it's interesting, even throughout scripture, like you hear about God's faithfulness in the desert, which is not where they wanted to go or they expected to go. And you hear about God's faithfulness in, you know, the missionary journeys, which often were not where they planned to go. And so it's just that constant refrain of God's faithfulness and his plan, like you said, Melissa, Mm -hmm. of like, he has worked it out ahead of time for us. And we're just kind of, we're called to be faithful in our like minuscule uh, representation of his faithfulness in just doing the next thing and doing mm-hmm. um, and taking that next step. And like you said, being in the word and being in prayer. And so um, I love that that's what mm-hmm. God's faithfulness looks like to so many of us yeah. is, yeah, I have no idea what I'm doing, but God does. God does. Thank yeah. goodness. Yeah. Wow. Well, Melissa, one of the things that we're really excited about, and we want you to maybe share what you can share about it, but you've got a new study that you and a couple of your friends are working on for for LifeWay. So can you tell us a little bit about what's going on there? Yes, we are so excited about it. Um, As I didn't even mean to be dropping it. I kept talking about Ephesians, (laughs) I realized. I know. That was not planned. (laughs) That was totally not planned. Yeah. Exactly. It's where my brain has been. So um, Jackie Hill Perry, Jasmine Holmes, and I are working on a collective study. Like the three of us are working on a Bible study on the book of Ephesians. So um, in fact, we were texting about it all last week, sharing different ideas and things that we're thinking about and all, all of these exciting things, which... Again, I have loved this process because the three of us are doing it together and it's so much more fun because you have someone else who's in it with you. Yeah. Um, you know, you're like, oh, I just read this about the, the city of Ephesus and you have someone who is actually interested to, to talk about it with you. Um, and so that's that's really fun. But we're going to do it. Um, the, you know, each of us are taking different sections of the text. And then the way we're going to do the videos is we're going to just talk about the text together, which I'm really excited about because I feel like um, when we learn, I mean, the best way we're learning is actually, I feel like, in conversation with one another. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to go and hear someone give us you know, information, and that is really valuable. I mean, we, we all need that. We all need teachers. But I think there's something um, about being in a conversation with other women about Scripture. There's a lot we can learn from one another, and I think that is where maybe our brain synapses are really firing is when we're in a conversation and we're talking about God's Word with one another. And so we kind of want to model that. And then we hope it's going to be taking place in other people's living rooms. So we just want to start a conversation that we hope continues with your girlfriends, wherever you are, you know, across the world, really, um, so that we can be women who are talking about God's word and it's on our mouths and it's in our hearts and it's in our brains as we're going through our day. Um, because I think that's where real transformation is going to happen. The more we're thinking about and talking about and chewing on the word with one another, that's what I know in my own life has really spurred on my faith. When I when I get that question, I'm like, huh, why did she say that? Let me go look that up. And then, you know, it, it just, it helps us to really start thinking differently about the text and it becomes alive. So we're hoping that the study will, one, get each of us individually in the text as, as we study, but then that there'll be this discussion about the text that we hope to create. Okay. I want to know, like, how much of that 
are you going to just do off the cuff? Because that yeah. would be hard, I think. <laughs> yes, I, I feel like that would be difficult. But if you know it, if you've studied it, yeah, that's that's yeah. the beauty of it. It's like they've they've been inside, like they've been studying it deeply. She's quoted it. She's quoted right. Ephesians several times in this interview. So once you know it, and I think that's that is the beauty of like um, hearing y'all model it, seeing mm-hmm. y'all model the conversation that will then be reflected in, like you said, living rooms, coffee shops, all these places right. around the world. Um, cause I think we need more of that. And so that'll yeah. be like such a, a good thing. And I also love that y'all are three different people. So you have different perspectives and, um, that's one thing that I loved about y'all's podcast that you did, uh, let's talk is just hearing from those different perspectives mm-hmm. and learning from one another and saying, oh, that's not how I have experienced this thing. Mm-hmm. This is how I've experienced it. Or this is how I see it. Or I studied this cool thing and I found out that this is what this looked like in, you know, in Ephesus or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think it'll be really good. I'm excited about it. Yeah. All right. So we have now come to the part of the podcast that we uh, do every week. So what has, what is one thing that has marked you in your walk with Christ? Yeah, I can say definitely without a doubt. Um, I feel like the Lord called me to himself through his word. Um, I start, my parents for some reason gave me a Bible in the year when I was 14 and I think I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that. And so I wasn't really even what I, what I would say. I'm not even sure I was a Christian yet, but I thought that's a good thing to do. Like, let's just read the Bible through in a year. Mm-hmm. And so, so the Lord, I felt like was calling me to himself just through his word. And that developed a habit of Bible reading, just simple Bible reading, um, that has stayed with me for the past, oh goodness, it was now 35 years, 35 years of every day being in the Bible. And I am the slowest student ever. Let me say that I'm in Leviticus today, you know, which is, it's always fun. Right. Um, <laughs> but I'm in Leviticus and I'm reading it and I'm like, have I read this before? 35 years of reading the Bible and I'm still finding like new things. I'm like, huh, I never noticed that before. Um, but, but what I would say, and when, when I say this, what's really marked my walk with Christ is how the Lord, through just daily being in the text, through his spirit, has met me over and over and over with the circumstances of my life, some that are really hard. And yet the word given for that day that was planned like back in January you know, when I decided whatever I was going to be reading for the year seems to fit that day in such a divine way that like I take a breath and remember, oh, he is really living and active through his word. Um, He is meeting me here. All I've done is show up and there's hardly anything in me. You know, like I'm just a, even just the other day I was reading in Psalms and it talked about how he takes the desert and makes it pools Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, actually it bears fruit for other people. And I was like, I'm the desert Lord. And I felt so cared for by the Lord, even just in that passage that he put me in just on the day when I felt like the driest, weariest, I can't give anyone anything. And he said, I can make you a pool. I, I can make you a spring. Like the, the sweet encouragement of his faithfulness to speak today in this Bible that's 2,000, well, older than 2,000 years old, and he keeps speaking to us. Um, 
I would just say his word. It is everything Psalm 19 says. It, you know, it revives the heart. It gives light to the eyes. It, you know, it's sweeter than honey, honey from the comb. All of those things, um, that has been what has marked my, my walk with the Lord, that his word has been um, life and breath and comfort and peace and hope in such a beautiful way. And I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful he saved me. Um, and I'm so thankful he gives us his word. It's a grace to us. And I just mm-hmm. want to share that with others. Mm-hmm. Um, That's good news. I love that. Yeah, it's so good. Yes. Well, this has been a great conversation. And Melissa, we really are looking forward to having you at the Leadership Forum, November 9th and 10th. Mm-hmm. And we really would love for any woman to come be a part of this. It's going to be, it's always one of our favorite events that we yes. get to do each year. And I don't know if you know this, has Courtney told you, Courtney Doctor is going to be doing a breakout at Forum as well. <laughs> When I asked her, I was like, I know you want to be there. You want to be there because <laughs> Melissa is going to be there. So I'm going to make this available to you because we definitely would love for you to teach as well. Yeah. So she's going to be there and <clears throat> some other great people. So we're excited about you being there and mm-hmm. we hope um, other listeners will be there as well. Yes. You can come and you can meet Melissa and a lot of other fun people from Lifeway as well as other women who are doing the things that God has called you to do. So thanks again, Melissa. And thanks listeners for joining us for another week of the Mark podcast. We'll see you back here next week. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly D King and at ED Heinemann. Use the hashtag MarkedPodcast to connect with us. You can also find LifeWay Women on all social media channels at LifeWay Women. All of today's show notes will be posted at LifeWayWomen.com slash podcast. If you love the show, leave an iTunes review. It's a great way for other people to hear about the podcast. We'll see you next time. Home should be a place where we feel at peace, where we can be ourselves, where we feel loved. For a lot of us, though, home is a place of heartache, hurt, and loneliness. As believers, Christ promises us an eternal home. But what does that actually look like? And how do we deal with our current homesickness? I recently wrote a Bible study called Come Home for Women, and I'm so excited that Come Home will also be available for teen girls. It's perfect for small groups, helps girls answer important questions, and gives us a richer understanding of what kind of home God's building for us. The release date for Come Home for teen girls is August 1st, but you can pre-order it now at lifeway.com slash come home. Don't miss out on this opportunity to help girls belong and be loved. Again, you can pre-order it today at lifeway.com slash come home.